There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, everyone. Before we start this exciting episode today, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Bootcamp. We have now been doing three bootcamps. We're getting ready for our fourth one coming up in July. And it is unquestionably the most life-changing thing I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I'm now going to be taking my fifth bootcamp. This bootcamp was channeled in December of 2018. We had the first bootcamp on January 4th. The second one started January or February 7th. And the third one started in April. The fourth one is starting July 8th, and you have a chance to get in on this now. Simply send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com, and I will send you some information, and we'll have a conversation about it. You can talk to me directly about this, as well as any other previous bootcamp member. There's been about 50 who have gone through, and every single one of them has had some kind of life-changing experience as a result of the bootcamp. It is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's a eight-week intensive course that we take together as a group. We go into it during week one. Everyone has a coach. There's reading material. There's homework. There's assignments to do every week. We have coaching calls. We have special Joshua Lives. And it all culminates in an eight-week intensive kind of process. It takes you from wherever you are now vibrationally, and it moves you step-by-step, week-by-week, to a completely new idea of what life is all about, what you're all about, how the system of physical reality actually works, what the laws of the universe are, and it teaches you how to engage in those laws to become the most effective and less limited version that you've ever been. Once you do this, once you become effective in understanding how to work with the laws of the universe, as opposed to how we all did it before, including me, how we were sort of living in opposition of how the system works. You step into your true power. You receive the keys that engage the law of attraction. Keys that you may have understood them to some extent, But because of this process, it's an active participation process, you realize how the system works. You realize what you were doing to limit yourself, and you simply drop those limitations. You become highly effective. So the next boot camp starts early July. We're getting everyone ready to go. There should be about 50 or 60 people in this boot camp. You can be in this boot camp too. But you have to send me an email joshuateachings at gmail.com, 
and you have to talk to me about it. Make sure you're ready. Make sure that this is something for you. We'll have a conversation. I'll explain it to you in detail, and we'll go from there. Don't let your fear stop you. If you have some inkling that you want to move in the direction of who you are, if you want to find your soul's purpose and develop yourself as an effective co-creator with the universe to create the life you truly desire, the life that I have found, the life that others have found, well, join us. All it takes is a simple email to me to get the process started, and we'll go from there. But push past your fear and send me an email to joshuateachings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this, and enjoy our episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. We have another special event here today. We're going to do Joshua and Laurel, which will both answer a question for Sari. And I'm here with Astrid Halverson. Hi, Astrid. Hi, Gary. Hi, everyone. All right. So as we get into this one, we have all the really the tricky part of what we're talking about lately is how do you know when you're really receiving inspiration and how do you know how to best be in the receptive mood for inspiration? And a lot of people ask, how do you know if it's an urge or if it's really inspiration? The urge comes from, you know, wanting to change the conditions. And the inspiration comes from being in a aligned state of being and then uh, taking action that will lead you forward into, you know, uncovering your soul's purpose and living the life you intended to live and having all your dreams and desires unfold naturally and easily. And that's always tricky. Is this an inspiration or is this an urge? If it's an inspiration, how do I think about it? Do I think always, you know, when we first get into a lot of attraction, we say, they say, just think good thoughts. Do you think good thoughts? Uh, sometimes, but <laughs> it's, for me, I have to control the the feelings first. It's actually, all about that's feelings. sort of how yeah, that's sort of how I notice. Oops, that wasn't a good thought because I'm so used to being critical and finding the flaws and the negatives to sort of so that I can become aware and fix it. Right. That's my old approach. So I'm so used to it that I sort of find what's wrong by default. Yeah. And so then I start feeling bad, and that's sort of how I notice. Oops, that wasn't a helpful thought. Yeah. And I read your uh, Laurel's discussion about decisions today, which was really great. Yeah. It's like, you know, you think about a decision you made and you judge that decision and you go, that was a mistake. I made a mistake. In fact, that was sort of what we were talking about in our first ever conversation about um, um, Tina? Yeah, about Tina's cutting yeah. the trees off. You know, yeah. that was a mistake. No, it wasn't a mistake. You were inspired to do it. The owner got upset, but that has nothing to do with you. You can't make a mistake. And when you make a mistake, you perceive that now everyone knows that you're this imposter who doesn't yeah. know what they're doing. You know. I was at the grocery store today and I looked at something that I wanted from the dairy section and it was expired by one day. So I asked the clerk if he could find something that wasn't expired. And he came back and he said, yeah, this, this is the same date, but a month from now. So it wasn't expired. And I was polite and everything, but I got home and I just hated myself. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I just, 
went down the shithole over this stupid little thing. And I realized after like hating myself for several hours, I realized it's just the shame of him catching me in a mistake. And it all happened to make me, to make me aware that I have to stop focusing on every little thing that I think I do wrong. I just have to stop. It's not helpful. Right. So I had these small manifestation events that I blow up to something huge in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's how I figure out the little things that really are huge things and how I see the world and myself. Yeah. And it's not that it was a small thing or a big thing because there aren't any small or big things. It was intense or not intense. And it was intense for you because it, you had, you know, you have a highly limiting belief about your how you're seen by others and your perfection and all these things, you know, that all comes around yes. how, how you're seen by others. What's interesting is that this is someone you don't know. You know, it's not like it's somebody who knows you and, you know, maybe it's worse with someone who doesn't know you, but if it was your best friend, you could just laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's someone else, you know, they, you don't want that person to think you're stupid. Yes, but why would I care? Why, why would, would I care? care? Yeah. Most people wouldn't care. And I wasn't like rude or anything. I just laughed and said, oh, thank you. And I just couldn't get over it. Yeah, and see, I would laugh and say, thank you too. Um, or maybe say something, you know, uh, self-deprecating at the time to ease yeah. whatever that was. But if if that happened to me, I wouldn't be, now I'm just guessing because it hasn't mm-hmm. happened, but... I'm thinking, yeah, I would just laugh it off and go, you know, silly thing. Yeah. But, you know, this is too, I see a lot of my friends who get, have to be perfectionists about what they do for the same reason. Because if, if they're, God forbid, is a typo in something they write, they can't forgive themselves for it. And that's yeah. because in that area that they're doing, they want to be seen as the expert or whatever. Yeah. I've had my friend Bruce for, you know, since ninth grade. We've been in business together a lot. And I get so much more done than he does when we were working together because he would go over his stuff over and over, just making sure it was perfect and never finishing it because it had to be perfect. And I always kept my eye on the bigger picture. You know, it doesn't matter. That sort of stuff doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean anything about me. I just want to get stuff done. And if there's a typo, I'll fix it later. It doesn't say anything about me. And that, and that led me to be able to do this because I'm doing so many questions so quickly that I can review it one time and catch what I catch and then send it out. And even the books, the books I review and then send them to one proofreader, send them to another proofreader, and that's it. Yeah. And all of them have typos in them still. Okay. You, just, you know, they're big books. You can't catch them all. And I don't care. And if someone points it out, like in the boot camp, people, there's tons of mistakes in that. And people point it out, I go, great, I'll fix that. No big deal. I don't have that thing, which makes me feel a little bit more effective in that. Yeah. And it's all this perception of what I think people think of me. So yeah. I don't think it matters that much. And I, other people think it matters a lot. Yeah. I'm just sort of grateful that I've gotten to this point where I'm super sensitive about everything that's going on because normally a few years ago, I would have just told myself, don't worry about it. He's just an idiot. I would have blamed the other person for some reason to make myself feel better about it because ah, yeah. you have to get over it or like, just don't go to that store again. No one will ever, 
something like that. But now that I'm aware of this stuff, I use these rather innocent and small incidents. I mean, I didn't hit anyone with my car. It's just a tiny little thing. And I can use that to work through these emotions and figure out the beliefs instead of just ignoring it and then having to hit someone with my car in order to fix the belief. Right. So I'm glad that I sort of overreact to such an enormous degree, but it's just, it's still difficult in the middle of it. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point because you're doing the work, you know, for you to become who you're going to become, you will have to become a vibrational match to that version of you. You're being led there, Mm -hmm. kicking and screaming. And we all are, we're all being led kicking and screaming. We're all resisting those aspects of ourselves. Mine goes around cooking. And so when I'm cooking, if I make a mistake in cooking, because I really care about how people perceive me as a good cook. Yeah. And like, that's my thing, you know? And uh, Tracy and I were filming a recipe I was making for YouTube. And right in the middle of it, she, (laughs) we're making beets and I'm making, I roasted the beets and she's like, as she's filming, it says, take the skin off mine, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, damn it, cut, let's walk away, <laughs> you know? And so I had my manifestation event right there. Like, this is not how I expected it to go. Yeah. I'm insecure in this filming in the first place because this is the only second one we've done. Everyone else seems so easy at it when you watch their, their videos, yeah. and I can't get easy at it. And when one little thing gets in the way, it disrupts the whole thing. Because I care about what people think of me as a cook. And because of the expectations. Isn't that interesting? The expectations, that's for me, that's what ruins it all. Because if you go in expecting to not be great at it, then it's not such a big deal if you mess up. But if you go in, this is important. I have to make it good. It's going to be great. Yeah. And you screw up or make something that's not within your limited perception of what's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. And so I watch other people doing videos. I have this inspiration to do videos myself. The inspiration says it has to be fun, right? They're never fun because I'm totally focused (laughs) on what I'm doing, right? And and so I'm saying, okay, well, it has to look like this one. And I'm only on the second one I've ever done. If I had just said, all right, I'm just going to do it, see how it comes out you know, go through a manifestation event here and there and then get better and better and better. But that's a lot better than how I would have been before. I would have quit. You know, I would say, I can't do this. This isn't for me, right? And that's not true. It just means I'm not a vibrational match to the version of me that will be proficient at doing these things and having fun doing it. I will be one day, but I got to get over my limiting beliefs. And one limiting belief says it matters how you do this. Doesn't matter. And also the belief that it should be what you have seen others do. Right. It's even why worse. would you want yeah, why would yeah. you want another copy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We tend to copy other yeah. people because we were we're going, you know, oh, that's inspiring. I want to do something like that. And then when we can't do what they do because we're not them, yeah, we don't find the thing in us that is unique and special and will be interesting to those yeah. who think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the whole point. Not to copy, because then why would you have to do it? But to do it in your own way. Yeah. And yeah. not only not to copy or not or to do it your own way, but not to do it for any result other than 
just doing it. That's the only reason to do it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I think we just basically answered that question ourselves. Yeah, Seriously. there's no need to read it. Yeah, yeah, no need. All right, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see you later. <laughs> Perfect. We don't need no, no channels. No expectations. <laughs> uh, that's why this is good because as far as we're concerned right now, it's just you and you and me. You know, we're not yeah. even considering the but I, people who will watch this. I watched your video with um, Kimberly from uh, She's Channeling the Beings of the Light. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to email Gary and tell him we're never doing this again. Why the hell would anyone, if with that great video with Kimberly, I'm not ever putting my face out there again. I'm not doing this stupid, horrible copy of that. It's never going to be that good. And I was this close and I was like, no, oh, Gary's going to be so pissed. I'm not going to be the whiny Astrid. I'm just going to give it a few days. But the comparison thing. Yeah. The comparison. But see, it's so weird because that's what she thinks about you. You know, that's what made her excited to do this because she thinks, she thinks, you know, how you did it was so inspiring. And that's what everyone else thinks too. So oh, we don't have we, to go there. We can't see ourselves. Yeah. in that higher light. We always see ourselves in this limited way. Yeah. Other people can see us in this higher perspective and they go, oh, this is great. This is great. And we just nitpick everything. Yeah. And I used to do that in the beginning of doing the podcast years ago. I couldn't listen to any of the podcasts. I couldn't listen to my voice. These headphones in my ear, they used to plug into the computer. So you, I couldn't hear what I was saying through the microphone. Now they're plugged in the microphone, and I hear what you're hearing, which is totally different than what I would hear if I didn't have yeah. a And that took three times to get used to, and now I don't want to go back. I want to be able to hear what I'm saying so that I know if I'm slurring my speech, yeah. you know, I have a tongue thrust, so I have a little bit of a lisp. And if yeah. I'm not focused, I'll, I won't enunciate properly. You know, yeah. and this way it allows me to do it. And I've gotten used to my voice, you know, and I've, I, I watched that video that we did the first one on the big screen TV. Oh God. And I've never watched myself on a big screen TV. And I was surprised how comfortable I was yeah. a little anxious, a little weird, but yeah. it, I got comfortable and that's all it is. It's just, it's just getting, you, you get your vibration to this level of comfort there's a little wobble in there, but if you just stay with it, you know, then yeah. all that nervousness and doubt, you know, tends to fade away. Yeah. And I find it interesting that I'm not worried about being on YouTube without makeup, but I'm worried what the clerk will think of me because I thought something was expired. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make sense. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, it's so funny. Good. All okay. right, let's, let's get to Sari's question here. She lives in near Helsinki. Yeah. In Finland. Yeah. All right. Dear Joshua and all. Oh, that's you. Oh, all. I'm all. By the way, if you guys want to send us a question or any of the channels that we do this show on, I have a new email address and it's called joshuaquestions at gmail. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Joshua questions at Gmail. Ask Joshua was taken. So. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. There's some other Joshua answering questions out there. Mm. Okay. 
Dear Joshua and all, before I found out about the teachings of Joshua, I came across the law of attraction in books. Quite many of them mentioned the process of thinking from the end or something similar. For example, focusing on the vision of what you want or acting as if you already have it. As which we, I mean, I've heard that a million times too. That's yeah, me too. Staple. But I think this is one of the things that gets people stuck. Yeah, it's typical LOA stuff. Yeah. yeah. Think good thoughts and then you'll manifest. It, no, it's, it's, you know, and I hear a lot of people talk about law of attraction doesn't work because I've thought good thoughts for a year now and nothing's changed. Yeah. And I always say, it's like if we were teaching math and we're just teaching whole numbers to count to 10 hmm. and you're like, well, what if I have half of something? Then it doesn't, math doesn't work, yeah. you know? Because all I know is one to 10. And I go, well, there's a lot more to math than just one to 10. And so there's a that, lot more law of attraction. That was a horrible explanation, Gary. That was Oh, really I like bad. it. I like that one. I thought, <laughs> go ahead with the question. It's like any subject, you know, when you just get the first glimpse of it, you want yeah. to try and, you know, use it for everything. And basically what everyone's trying to do is control their reality through thinking yeah. thoughts. Yeah. It's a control thing. I mean, I did it myself. Yeah. But and they're skipping ahead. They're not doing the basics that Joshua teaches everyone. So yeah, because the basics in law of attraction aren't really spelled out. They're yeah. there, but it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing about the secret? What was the uh, I don't know what they told us the secret was. It's a secret. It's still a secret. Yep. As I've been absorbing the teachings of Joshua, these processes look now like just another way of controlling conditions. Very good. But there seems to be some truth in them too. For example, when I get an inspiration and I choose to act on it, I visualize the result to some extent. For example, if I was inspired to build a house, I would visualize it at least to some extent or if I'm inspired to write a novel, certain outlines of the plot are clear to me from the beginning. So my question is, at what point does acting on inspiration morph into controlling the conditions? I try to apply the process of thinking from the end or something similar to it. How can I make sure I stay on the allowing side of that aspect? Very good. Um, and so, that idea of thinking of a house, right? Yeah. Well, definitely if you're building a house, you have plans for it. But there's that's not really the same thing as the inspiration because the inspiration will allow you to see the first step, but we tend to imagine it all the way through. And then we tend to make a plan and set goals and say, this will be the solution to my problem. And when it looks like it's working out, we feel good. And when it looks like it's not working out, we dip into, you know, suffering. Yeah. And that's what the problem is there. We want to maintain our alignment. So how do we do that? Okay. Who should we read first, Joshua or Laurel? Yeah, let's do Joshua. Okay. Dear Sari, when thinking about what you want, you're going for the feeling of it. This is a feeling reality, and all you're ever doing is feeling something. You birth a desire, and you perceive that it will manifest into physical form. When it does, you will have the feeling of it. However, if that feeling is based in lack or fear, for instance, the lack of money or the fear of not having enough, 
then what you actually desire is the feeling of security. If you are able to feel that feeling as you imagine the manifestation of your desire, then you are going about it in a way that aligns with, the, with universal law. However, if you were thinking about the actual manifestation of money, specific, in order to solve the problem of your insecurity, then you're still focused in lack. You're focused on the absence of your feeling of security. Right. So anytime you have an inspiration and you think that that action is going to lead to some manifestation that will solve some problem, well, then you're focused on lack. But if you just go with the inspiration and have this curious attitude, where's this going to go? I don't know. Where's this going to go? What happens when I get here without perceiving that it's going to solve some problem, then you don't feel bad. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I was trying to remember how, because I've manifested um, two rather large amounts of money twice in my life. Um, and one was the first one was when I was selling um, one of my apartments and I was feeling at that time, my economy, like my financial status was pretty good. I had good salary and I lived in a tiny apartment. So I, it didn't matter to me if I made a lot of money or not, if I just got rid of the apartment. So I didn't feel any fear. And within a couple of hours, the apartment was sold for almost twice as much as I bought it for. Um, and so I was thinking, what was the feeling that made this happen? And it's because I want to, like, if I want to recreate that, how actually did it happen? And I'm thinking no expectations, no attachments to the outcome and then relief. Right. And yeah. Relief. And the second, yeah. And the second time I was, I'd been unemployed for two years. I had nothing, no income, nowhere to look for money. And I just, I gave up. And the next morning, it all worked itself out, and I got the money. Yeah. And also, there was that huge amount of relief in giving up. Yeah. But it's still difficult to think, like, oh, should I, if I want money again, should I just give up? Yeah. It's difficult to find that, that way of letting go of control to create what you want without attachments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I've talked about this a couple times before, but when writing the first book, A Perception of Reality, that was pure inspiration. Joshua just says, get up and go write, write, write. And so I'm writing every day for about half an hour to an hour, and in eight weeks it's done. And it was just fun doing it, right? And so when it was done, then I had to think, what do I do now? Okay, now it's obviously a book, so I had to do all those steps of making it into a book, and I'm thinking this is going to be a $5 million book. <laughs> yeah. Million book it was such a great book. I go, oh my God, it's going to be so fun to have all this money in. It's going to be great and everything. Yeah. And so, of course, none of that happens at all. Yet? Yet, but, you know, because I wasn't, certainly wasn't ready for it at the time. Yeah. I mean, I think about who I was five and a half years ago, six, you know, five and a half years ago compared to now, and that would have just blown up in my face, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't have known how to answer questions. I wouldn't have known, you know, hadn't gone through all the manifestation events I've gone through. It wouldn't make sense for that to happen. And so, um, but if you had just, you know, you might have gotten to that point where you expected this outcome, it didn't happen, and you're like, I quit. I'm not doing it then, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's not what this is. This is just the creation of that next step 
of whatever that inspiration is. In your focus on lack, you imagine that a problem exists. Since you are focused in a way that is not aligned with who you really are or what you truly want, you will experience some negative emotion. This is your indication that you're resistant to the manifestation of your desire. It's a way of letting you know that your current perception of reality is different than the true reality your inner self knows. And so you receive negative emotion in the form of guidance. As you slip into, negative, into a negative emotional state of being, due to your emotional imbalance and your perception of danger, you receive urges to change the conditions. If you act on urge to change your conditions, it may eventually lead to the apparent manifestation of your desire, but it has no positive effect on your feeling. You will not receive the feeling of security. In fact, you will receive the feelings of even, you will receive even deeper feelings of insecurity. So this is like all that about efforting and struggling in order to achieve a goal. When you get that goal, you think it's going to make you feel the thing you're lacking and it doesn't, it makes you feel the opposite of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's such a fine tuning of your energy or like fine tuning of your vibration. And I was, I, I wrote something the other day about how, when we're asking for something, like either if it's like you and me channeling, we're asking and they're getting the answers, which is sort of the same process when you're asking for a house or whatever, what you are, the energy that is you, because of everything being one, you're also the energy of the question and you're also the energy of the answer. So it's all one energy. So it's just about, it's a matter of where you turn your focus right now, if you're in the process of asking, your focus is on the question. As soon as you sort of let go of that focus, you can turn your focus to the answer and then you become one with that vibration. Right. But you have to let go of the, like what Joshua said, that you have to let go of, um, and Abraham also says this, you can't vibrate at the, the seeking or wanting at the same time that you're vibrating um, with the receiving part of it. Exactly. Yeah. And the analogy of the question is perfect because right now I don't even, I just skim the questions Yeah. and I let go of the questions really easily. And then, and then I just get in tune with the answer. Also, I have no expectation of where the answer is going, nor do I care really how long it is. I don't care how much time it takes. I just give up the outcome. And then once it's done, I don't attach my value to it at all. Yeah. So it it makes the you know I've tuned that vibration naturally maybe uh, so that it's just whatever it is it is yeah and that letting go and being easy about it trusting that it'll come out as it's supposed to come out in this case for Sari um, and if we get something out of it that's great but this is her answer you know yeah and yeah. so that's how my that's what makes it easy to manifest these answers. Exactly, because we're not attached to it. Yeah. In the same way, if you're trying to manifest, like for me, trying to manifest money for myself, I'm a little bit more attached to it because yes. it's about me. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there's a key there is to relax about how it has to unfold. Yeah, and when. Well, yeah, and when, really. Yeah. Good. Okay. As long as you can hold the thought of the feeling of what you want, in a pure way, meaning it's perfectly aligned with your true desires, you will maintain your alignment. 
in alignment, you'll receive the inspiration to take action. This action will lead to the manifestation of your true desire. However, in thinking about the outcome of any action or the fruition of your inspiration, you can only see it from your limited perspective. You are not yet a match to the completed version of your inspiration. You cannot know where it will go or how you will get there. This is because you're existing at a somewhat limited vibration compared to the vibration you will emit as your desire is manifested. Because you're unable to see how the manifestation will come forth into your reality, you make up stories. Okay, so two things here. One is that the, the vibrational level you are at, at the creation of the desire, is not the same level you'll be at when the desire manifests because you have to go into vibrational change and you have to move from one vibration to another vibration. And you do that through a series of steps. And in these steps are often manifestation events that allow you to see your limiting beliefs, those beliefs keeping you apart from who you will become when your desire is manifested. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting that even if you try to imagine the way it will come and how it will be when it does come, it's impossible for you to imagine because if you could imagine it fully, what it's going to be like, then you would have it. You would be at that vibration, but because you're not at that vibration, you can't reach those thoughts or images or whatever. And it's just, it's so interesting to have that, that there's actually, that there's so much happening in between the asking and the receiving. And that's the process that you want, really. Yeah, you want that process. Yeah. Um, you know, if physical reality was just like wishing it was here, there'd be no purpose to being here. It's no exactly. journey of self-discovery. What yeah. you're doing is you're discovering those limiting beliefs that are holding you apart from this version of you that will have it. And if you do the work to process those limiting beliefs, you move a step up closer to the manifestation. But but when you have that inspiration, you make up stories, and those stories are based on who you are now, not who you will be. And when it doesn't look like that's coming or you can't be that person, well, you can't be that person now. I can't be a, you know, uh, the version of me that will be able to make cooking videos a year from now. Yeah. Unless I go through every one of those manifestation events showing me how much I suck. You know? Yeah. But what if the whole point of those videos is that you're going to do like a TV show with cooking? Right. What if, what if, cause you can only see the videos you think, Oh, a, a cooking uh, video on YouTube. That's like the biggest thing I can ever get. And then the whole plan is more about getting you on TV as like the channeling chef or something. Who knows? This was an amazing thing that happened to me. We were on the first Law of Attraction cruise, and Pam Grout was there. And so people had given me questions throughout the cruise, and when we were going to do our roundtable, one of her questions came up, and I had channeled that answer previously, and now we're going to read the answer. And she says, you know, she has this idea for a TV show about Law of Attraction, and she's working hard to get that made, And how does she get it made? And Joshua said, give up your attachment to the TV show. Give your your attachment to your imagination of where this is going. Simply enjoy, I mean, she had written, by this time, two of the best, of the highest selling law of attraction books of all time. 
E squared and E cubed. And so it was this great, brilliant answer. There were 40 or 40 people there or something. And uh, everyone's like, oh my God, yeah. And so I said to her, what do you think? She's in the crowd. And she goes, I was just asking for like a name of a producer or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Because it could have been, you know, it could have been a documentary. It could have been a, a podcast. You know, if it had been a podcast back then, it would have been 10 times bigger than what any TV show would have been. It could have been something she couldn't imagine how big it could have been. But by focusing on this narrow definition of what would be successful, yeah. you know, she, she had put blinders on to all the other possibilities. Yeah. We just don't think big enough. That's the, that's the thing. We can't because at this vibration, we only have access to limited ideas. Yeah. Yeah. You believe you know how to get to the manifestation of your desire and how that journey should look. You do not know. You can't know. In believing you know how it should come, you perceive that it's all working out when it follows a path that makes sense to you. If something appears to go wrong, you then perceive that your desire is not coming. This causes you to feel fear, dip into a lower emotional state of being, and dip into a lower emotional state of being. Again, you are receptive to urges to change the conditions. So, in alignment, you're receptive to more inspiration. In urges to change the conditions, you are receptive to action that will take you away from your desire. Yeah. I remember when I was writing my book, or I had written the book and it was sent for proofreading. Um, and I picked someone that I felt was the right one. And after like, it was the first night after I'd sent it to her and she, cause she was in like the U S time zone. So she sent back to me all these changes and it changed the whole message. Yeah. Like it was totally the opposite of what I had written. And she sent it back to me and I was trying to explain, no, don't, don't change like the sentences, just change the, the small errors. Yeah. And she said, no, but um, the language is so bad that I'm worried <laughs> that people won't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> and I, I just, that was because I had such high hopes on this. All my life, I wanted to be a uh, writer. Yeah. And here she was just shitting on my dream. Yeah. And I was like, this is a sign. I should never have written this stupid book. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm never, ever going to do this ever again. I fucking hate the book. And it's all over. It's never going to be published. That's what people do with manifestation events. They, they say yes. it's a sign. And yes. instead of realizing the sign is that you have a limiting belief to clear up. That's all it is. It's just wobble. Yes. It just shows you where your wobble was. That's all yeah. it was. I had done the same thing, but I had told the person that, that you have to keep the sentences and the paragraphs exactly as they are. Only change punctuation and typos. Yeah. Don't change grammar. And if you wanted to change grammar, put it in the notes over there, you know. And then I just took what they gave me and I said I took some of it and didn't take some of it. And yeah. it was it worked out great. And I had people who couldn't, you know, at first the first person couldn't do it. The first two people couldn't couldn't um catch all the typos, right? Yeah. And then I then I stumbled along another guy who was just brilliant. He was the best. And he caught everything. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. You go through these little wobbles and then you find your way as long as you keep going and don't give up. Yeah. But it's that attachment that it's yeah. so hard to let go of. Yeah. 
If you can relax and take the inspiration one step at a time, you'll be able to maintain your alignment far more easily than if you keep your eye on whatever you think the outcome should be. If you consider only what you truly want and not what you think you want, you'll feel fear less often. If you can place it all in the loving arms of the universe and let it sort out things for you, then you can watch in amazement as wonderful things unfold. You could even perceive that manifestation events are signs of progress. The key here is to relax and ease into the flow of life by perceiving that everything is always working out for you. I was, I just had this conversation with Kyle and Wendy the other day because I have no idea what my life will be this fall. Everything is white. It's like a blank screen. I can't see anything. I don't, I have no idea. Like, will I, will I be a carpenter? Will I be an electrician? Whatever am I going to do? And they said, yeah, well, maybe it's because you're, you need to live in the moment now. And I said, no, but I don't know. Like, what, what are my goals? Where should I, like, what should I align myself uh, for? What should I try to, which path do I take? What do I focus on? And they said again, well, why do you need to, can't you just focus on the moment? And, and I was trying to explain, no, but I need to know where I'm going. Otherwise, I can't control what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I. Me and this control issue, I, like, I believe, okay, this is what I want, this manifestation, and now I'm going to control my way to get there. Right. Yeah. We all believe we know the best way to get to where we want to be. Right. The control That's, issue is such a huge problem. It is. It's, and we're all programmed that way. And, and I think it's like this. Just think about 100 years ago, 1920. At that time, most people didn't travel 50 miles from their place they were born. They didn't really have anything going on. They could just do what they could do. I watched an interesting documentary about World War I, and these guys in England were all drafted and went off to fight war. They were totally excited by it because their lives had nothing going on, right? They had nothing else to do. They just were toiling in labor of whatever that, that they could do in their little village in England. So they all go to war and they just enjoy themselves immensely. And, and they say, sure, there were times of suffering and agony and pain, but overall it was a phenomenal experience and they wouldn't have traded for anything because they didn't have access to what we have access to. They couldn't control their reality at all. And so they just went with whatever was happening. But now we live in a time where we can totally, like think of the 50s after World War II, People come home, they can now buy a house, they can control where they live, they can buy cars, they can control where they go, they can send their kids to school, so they hope the kids get into college or something, and so they start controlling, but they live generally very happy lives. We get to now where all our problems are those of abundance, and we're trying to control a million different things at one time. Still perceiving that we're that we have to you know, have control in order to avoid negative emotion this whole time. And so this is why I think this is the time of awakening because we are embarking on a totally different approach to life of absolute acceptance as did you know, the tribes living in America 500 years ago, right? And if you think of how they lived in balance with nature and yeah. in harmony with mother earth, you know, it seems to me 
that they probably had wonderful lives. There's a thing about the Old West where no Indians gave up their lifestyle to live the Western lifestyle, but hundreds of Westerners entered tribes and lived as tribes in tribes. Yeah, it's. I think there's also something to, to be said that if you have to struggle just to survive because you need to hunt for food and make sure you don't get killed at night, then you maybe don't have so much time to think about your spirituality. Uh, but most people right now have enough, most people in the Western world have enough food and they have shelter and they have the extra energy to think about these things because they don't have to go searching for food and suddenly they have, the, they have this extra time and they discover, I'm not super happy, what's missing? Yes. And also there are energy waves coming from space and other planets and the sun that create this kind of environment every, I don't know, like 20,000 years or so. So it's sort of, it's a timed event. It's a planned event. It's not just by accident. Right. Nothing's by accident. Yeah. Absolutely. You may know what you truly want. She, she does because she's in the boot camp. So basically what you <laughs> truly want are the things you intended prior to your birth. What you truly want is to express your love and acceptance for yourself primarily, for all the people in your life, and for the conditions as they exist in the moment. You want to experience true freedom and true abundance, and you want to expand in joy. And the last true desire is to go on a path of self-discovery, exploring who you really are and not who you really aren't, so, so that your passions and soul's purpose come forward. So that's what Joshua says are your true desires. Everything, up, everything else that you create as a desire is based on some perceived limitation or problem that you want to overcome. And those, yeah. that's an illusion. And I think we all, we all know we want to be happy. It's just that we have this percep perception of how we're going to be happy. Like yes. I want to control how I make myself happy. Yeah. I want it to be a house. I want it to be the money. I want it to be that skinny body. Yeah. So. And how you be happy is to absolutely accept yourself as you are, everyone else as they are, and the conditions as they exist in this moment. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, you may know what you truly want. Your man-made desires might be in alignment with your true desires. You might be able to hold the thoughts of love, joy, bliss, happiness, and other positive feelings in your mind. If you can, that is wonderful. But if you become too specific in your desires, you will likely feel fear when entering a manifestation event, and this will drop you into a lower emotional state of being. It will take you out of alignment. If you want to maintain all the wonderful feelings that you intended to explore prior to your, I'm sorry, if you want to manifest all the wonderful feelings that you intended to explore prior to your birth, it is best to go general. You want to maintain a state of alignment. It is best to love and appreciate your life as it is now. It is best to see yourself and your conditions as perfect now. It will not help to be constantly focused on improvement, for that is more about control than love. When you can come to love what is and ease the specifics of your desires, you will live life as you intended prior to your birth. If you can do that, then everything you truly want will unfold effortlessly and joyfully into your reality. With our love, we are Joshua. All right. Woo. That says it all. Perfect. Go general. Abraham yeah. said go general a million times. 
But it's so difficult though, when you want that one thing or like those thousand things, it's so difficult to not get attached to that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have um, this building downtown here and I have always wanted like a cool little restaurant. And this would be the perfect spot. It's right on the square. They're redoing the sidewalk. So you have tables out on the sidewalk. And it would be like a destination for this town. It would help the town. And it would be so cool to have, you know. But is that what I truly want? I don't know. If it comes, it comes. Maybe someone else leases out and makes a restaurant there. I don't have to do any of the work. Maybe something will come into my life. But I'm giving up any attachment to it. I'm just saying... If that comes, that'll be great. But I'm not trying to control it. Because I could. I could go in there, kick yeah. out the tenants, start working on it, create a restaurant, and then suffer. No are, you imag- are you imagining how it's going to be in that restaurant? Like thinking about the interior and yep. yeah. I would do that. And yep. seeing yourself with like friends coming over on the opening night and you're in the kitchen, hey, or totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's so much fun. <laughs> I yep. love doing that. Yeah. Uh, as long as that's fun. Yeah. Great. But if you're attached to it, because that may not match my true desires. Yeah. You know, my true desires might be to keep going with Joshua. That may lead us to another level of all of this, whatever it is. And then maybe someone else does. Who knows what happens down there? Maybe we even move. Maybe we move to Italy. Who knows? You know, oh. it doesn't. Who knows what's happening? So I'm just keeping everything as open as possible. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into Laurel. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be funny if it was exactly the same answer? Well. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Dear Sari, when you desire something, anything at all, what you are wanting is the feeling of it. The feeling can come in a multitude of ways and your mental image is only one answer to your desire. So from an unlimited potential ways, you can achieve this feeling through your mental image. You are limiting yourself to this one outcome. This is not a negative thing. It is just the way your mind works. If you can be aware of this and allow in other ways, this feeling can manifest. You're heightening the chances of actually living it. Okay. This is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that was what we talked about, about the mental imaging, because I'm always like, oh, is it okay to do this? Am I limiting myself? So I make sure I create like several different images of my dream house, just in case. Yeah, and because if the possibilities are limitless, and we're only thinking, even if we're thinking of 10 different possibilities, that's just a speck of sand on an endless beach of possibilities, you know? Yeah. From this mental image of the end result, you often try to figure out a path to achieve this goal. You think of several paths, and through logic, you resonate your way to the easiest or most likely path to getting to your goal. This is your next limitation. Why? Because you are discounting the myriad of ways that you are not able to imagine. What you desire is of a vibration that you are not currently holding. If it was, you would have it in your life in this moment. This means that you must change your vibration to get to the place where you have this manifested. As you cannot see beyond your vibration, it is impossible for you to imagine how to get there. Why? Because parts of your path is also unknown to you, just as the vibration of you having your desire 
fulfilled is unknown to you. So no matter how hard you try to think, you cannot conceive of the actual path to the manifestation. Yeah. And so, I hate that. I want to know so I can control and just get it done with. Okay. So, all right. If you knew what the path was, well, then there'd be nothing interesting happening yeah. because you would know, oh, there comes Bob. Bob's going to come and tell me this, yeah. right? Um, but now we say, well, I wonder how it's going to happen. And then you see somebody goes, oh, I wonder what this person, this message is. Or yeah. am I supposed to talk to, how come I feel this, this, this uh, reason to talk to this person, you know, or that person? And there's also the thing that if you, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, you feel this inspiration to talk? Oh, uh -uh. because like if I, if I knew what I had to go through to get to that place, I would probably say, no, thank you. I'm not going to do it. Find a okay. different way. Because, Absolutely. Yes, because at this point, I have so much fear that I cannot imagine myself walking that path. It's too difficult. I'm not willing to take those steps, so I just wouldn't do it. Right, but you yeah. can take the, the one step that's in front of you. Yeah, right? maybe you, if someone pushes me. Well, if I push you, you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. So in a way, it's good that we don't know because maybe we wouldn't have the courage to do it because in most of these cases, the reason you don't have what you want is due to fear. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All your limitations are due to fear. The fear arises because you have limiting beliefs. Yeah. That's it. Without the limiting belief, you couldn't feel the fear. And so if you, the, 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 the path to the manifestation of what you want is done by changing limiting beliefs, which means you have to face fear. You face fear when you get in a manifestation event and you face fear when you, when you think too far ahead on your inspiration. Yeah. You just have to keep pushing past that fear. And that's why Joshua points out that some fears are rational but most of our fears are irrational, meaning they can't kill us. So there's no reason not to push past them. Yeah, except that it's very uncomfortable to feel fear. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So get, get used to feeling uncomfortable because yeah. if you get used to that, you know, that is really a skill and, you, and everyone can learn that. Yeah. Um, by using your logic, you decide on one or two paths to this manifestation, both paths paths of course being not the path that will be taken but simply being the path that you believe will be walked by you you now attach yourself not only to the manifested result of a feeling that you believe will be best expressed through for instance a house you also attach yourself to how you will get to the house for instance through a mortgage this narrows down the manifestation event uh, to a tiny, tiny portion of what you could have experienced if you had not locked yourself down to first a house and then the mortgage. You now become focused on getting a mortgage and you experience all kinds of resistance, talking to banks and worrying about interest rates. Again, you are attracting more resistance. You're doubting yourself as a creator and your creative abilities, as well as being attached to the idea of getting a mortgage so you can buy a little house and in this way feel good. That's what I was talking about. You create all this fear by imagining the wrong way to getting there because you can't see the right way. Yeah. And you just say, I can't do it. It's too hard. Yeah. What if the easiest path was to win the lottery? Yay! <laughs> and buy a mansion by the sea. You discounted this because you didn't believe it likely. 
you limited yourself by trying to achieve something from your current vibration that could only come to you through a higher vibration. You basically downgraded the feeling you wanted from a huge mansion to a tiny house, including a mortgage, instead of being a billionaire. All of this because of your lack of trust in yourself. Yeah, and you know, imagine you're going for a mortgage and they tell you, okay, we need this much money for the down payment. And so now you're in the grocery store and you have this huge inspiration to buy a lottery ticket. And you say, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I need the money for a down payment on this house. (laughs) I never do that. I always buy the lottery ticket just in case. Just in case. You never know. And every time I'm thinking, is this inspiration? It could be an urge, but what if it's inspiration and I don't follow up? I'm going to buy it. And I also have my mom and my stepdad and my grandma buy it. Yeah. And uh, I remember in the beginning of Joshua, I laid there one time and I said, can I, can you give me the winning lottery tickets? And they never say no, right? Yeah. So he said, sure. And so I lay down and then I get these numbers and I write them down and I had never played the lottery before. And so I write them down and I go to play it or look it up and three of the numbers are too big. <laughs> you know, it Aww. only goes to like 55 or something, you know, they're, they're going to be 73 and 92. <laughs> Those assholes. I bet they were laughing at you. Yeah. Oh, that sucker. <laughs> but yeah. I, what I've heard is that you're not supposed to like pray for your numbers to get the right numbers because the thing is your numbers will be the right numbers. So you make um, like the lottery, the, the machine, you make the machine choose your numbers instead of praying for you to find the right numbers. That's the way you do it. The universe makes That's everything. Right. Yeah, That's the right. universe picks you. You don't have yes. to do anything. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. Uh, and that is exactly it. Your lack of trust in yourself. The universe might be seen as the bringer of your fortune, but in fact, you are the one organizing and leading yourself to whatever kind of manifestation you desire. You are the creator, and you are the one who guides yourself to the feeling you seek to experience. You must trust yourself and your own abilities. Accept the unknown. Desire a feeling, but keep yourself open to what could bring you that feeling. Wanting a house is great, but make sure you don't discount the mansion when someone draws your attention to it. Don't cling to your limited way of living. Allow for the possibility that tomorrow you will be expanded. Allow for the possibility that a week from now you will be totally changed, maybe a billionaire, and that the mansion by the sea is in Laguna Beach. If you try to imagine the details from your current vibration, you will limit the outcome. Do not tie yourself into one dream or one specific house. If you find pleasure in dreaming of the house, make sure you dream something wild and crazy and don't allow yourself to wonder how or when. You cannot possibly imagine the journey to get there. I like the idea of dreaming something wild and crazy because you don't really believe it anyway. Just go crazy for this thing. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you open yourself up to all kinds of possibilities, you know, And, and that's not going to make you feel bad if it's wild and crazy because it's beyond your imagination. It's too big, yeah. Too big. So I have a too big imagination, yeah. a dream. Uh-huh. I'll tell you later if you, you – I interrupted talk. you again. I you, get too – I get uh-huh. overexcited. No, you didn't. I was – because I had this inspiration because I have 
as soon as I start something new, I get huge dreams. So I was thinking, you know, the, um, uh, in the casinos in Las Vegas, they have these big theaters for like Cirque du Soleil or Celine Dion or whatever. Yeah. So that's where we'll do the live show okay. on a Saturday night in one of those big theaters in Las Vegas. With a we'll, thousand or more people. At least. And yes. we'll be on stage. Yes. Sounds How's good. How's that for a good dream? Excellent. Yeah. I'll, I can see us there for sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's such a crazy dream that I don't feel fear because like, yeah. honestly, yeah. you know. And we'll have, it'll be, uh, you know, $10,000 a ticket. Yeah. And then we have to get like to give away uh, for some people who haven't manifested money yet. We'll give it away for free. No, they'll just have to be a vibrational match to the money and they'll, they'll figure it out. Well, I want to invite some friends and these friends, they don't watch YouTube. So when I fly them down there, they think we're going on a vacation okay. and, they come in, and they come into the theater and they're like, where are you sitting, Astrid? I'm like, I'm, I'll be sitting on stage. <laughs> I that love other it. dude. Yeah, well, you can have you can have tickets that you can give away. Perfect. Well, who cares? I can pay for them. I oh, mean, that's honestly. right. You can pay for them. <laughs> I yeah. forgot. I forgot too. Then we go house shopping in Laguna Beach. Yes. After that, yeah. Yes. Cool. All right. Okay. Last paragraph. Lastly, remember that the reason for your desire of a house is so that your inner being can push you to walk the journey to get there. The house is just a crumb you pick up on your way to the real price. The manifestation events you have to go through to get there is more the price than the house. But the actual price is to be who you will be when you are the expanded being who just happens to live in the mansion in Laguna Beach. All you want is to be the expanded you. Your expansion is always your desire. The house is a great way to get you to move forward. And in this way, the inspiration to always reach for new experiences is an incredible help to get you to move ahead on your journey to enlightenment. Just remember that once you are living in that mansion, you will very soon wake up and desire something even bigger and better. And that is exactly how it should be. For you are an, ex an ever-expanding being in an ever-expanding universe, in the ever-expanding oneness of source, and whatever you desire shall be yours. Woohoo! I just got chills. <laughs> Were you thinking about the cooking show? Is that it? When no, you got I was chills? thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. I, whatever the inspiration is, that's why we're here. We're here yeah. to move along this journey of manifesting what that inspiration is not what the thing we think is the problem or the lack. Yeah. Yeah. And then once and we get to that, no big deal. We're on to something bigger. Yeah. But isn't it interesting though? I just channeled uh, something else today about, because so many of us have this inner yearning to do something. And that one thing is what we want the most. And it's also the one thing that we resist the most. Absolutely. And we just want to want something else to not have that craving for this one thing, this purpose. Cause for many of us, our purpose involves huge fears. So if we could just do something else, then we wouldn't have to deal with our fears, but we can't because that inner yearning right. is so strong. Yeah. And that's, and like what the dream that we have it's just this breadcrumb to get us moving, to do that yearning. is just there to get us moving so that we can discover 
the beauty of who we truly are. Yes. And it's so hard to resist it. And we just don't want to do it, but we can't not do it. Yeah. And everyone resists it. And that's the thing. And then they find that in that resistance, they drop down, come back up. The yearning is still there. It never goes away because it was intended prior to your birth. This is the discovery of who you truly are. And once you go along that path, things start to click. But you're not free from fear because you still have to, you'll still have to move along that path on inspiration every day, which will always bring up fear, some small, some big. And it's just getting comfortable pushing past that fear. Yeah. Figuring out a way to stay in alignment. Figuring yeah. out the difference between an urge and an inspiration. You know, that's the, this is the fullness of the subject of law of attraction. Law of yeah. attraction, just that, that one basic law that we use as our moniker or our placeholder to say what we're talking about is just a tiny aspect of this larger um, discovery of the physical mechanism of reality. Yeah. And, and there- <clears throat> why we're hearing all that. And there's this misunderstanding that if you follow your purpose or if you live in your purpose, you're not going to face, you're not going to feel fear. It's all going to be bliss, but that's so not it. You're still going to face your fears because we all have limiting beliefs. Otherwise we wouldn't have to be here. If we didn't feel fear, we could just be dead and enjoy life or enjoy life in the non-physical. Right. So even if you're living, even if you're walking your path, living your purpose, you'll still feel fear. So bliss needs a different, a different definition because we tend to think that bliss is life without fear. Yeah. And that's not true. I think bliss is living your purpose or, yes. or traveling the path on your purpose full yeah. of fear, fear all the time. You're just getting so good at it that the fear doesn't stop you. And you can see people who are high achievers, you, they definitely feel fear, but the fear doesn't stop them from whatever they're yeah. doing. And so to become highly effective in life, you concentrate on what you truly want, not the lack of what you think you need, and you get good at being uncomfortable, pushing out of your comfort zone and pushing past fear to do what you're inspired to do. Yeah. And there's a lot to this. Yes. And bliss isn't just like ecstatic joy. We all have, for me, bliss is peace. Bliss is not feeling these high up and down emotions because I've always been very emotionally sensitive. So my life used to be like this. So now if I can just stay in peace, that is the best feeling I can get to just, so that's my bliss. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. And, and I think we all need to sort of widen our expectation of what bliss is supposed to be like because you get to choose if you enjoy staying on the edge of fear and excitement if that's your bliss then choose that for me it's peace and i just i love it yeah (laughs) we're all unique we're totally unique and our paths are all unique and everything uh every you know the the thing you gotta understand that every grain of sand is unique every grain of salt is unique every Snowflake is unique. Every leaf is unique. Everything's unique. Yeah. It's sort of weird that in this huge, abundant world, that there aren't two things that are the same. And that's what this reality is all about, the uniqueness of it. And that's why no two human, not even in one moment, has the same experience that's ever been experienced before. Yeah. You know? No one's had the same day ever before. So that shows you that your life 
is worthy and valid and unique and good because without it, all that is wouldn't have the benefit of your experience. Yeah. It was kind of weird today, though, that those two, because I felt those two answers were very similar because the other times we've done it, it's been sort of more different. And now they were really similar. I was surprised. And what everyone should know is we don't send each other our answers until like right before the show starts. Yeah, I got you yours know? like eight minutes before we started. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't even look at yours. Um, but the first sentence in yours, in Laurel's, when you desire something, anything at all, what you're wanting is the feeling of it. So this is really the crux of that understanding what the desire is. And Joshua says the same thing. Yes, exactly. You have to know it's not the thing. It's what you think the thing will give you a feeling of. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you can, and then you, and that talks about the fact that nothing is really physical. Everything is vibrational. We just perceive it as physical. And so when you receive the thing you want, it's really a vibration and it comes you know, we comes formed in some physical thing, but that's not it at all. It's the vibration of it. And you have to recognize it in order to have it. And if yeah. you're not ready, you'll never recognize it. So isn't that interesting? Because it maybe you were vibrating at that vibration and you got it, but you didn't recognize it, but you still vibrated at that feeling. So you re- like you received your feeling desire, but just not well, you received both both parts, but you only recognized the feeling and you didn't rec- recognize the physical manifestation. So you still received it because you were vibrating at the feeling of what you wanted, but you well, just didn't see the, yeah. I think that, that in order to manifest everything, what you're trying to do is cultivate the feeling. So if you simply cultivate the feelings of love and acceptance by loving and accepting everything, right? Then, then that can represent, come back represented in a million different kinds of manifestations. If you, like I cultivate the feeling of appreciation. So I'm constantly thinking about how much I appreciate this and that and this and that. And so now I get back more appreciation than I've ever had in my life. And it's, it's that way of, of creating your desires rather than going out and doing what you think needs to be done. Yeah. Just focus in this moment on that feeling you want to cultivate by expressing that feeling outwards and having it brought drawn back into you. Yeah. What an unbelievably great conversation. This is the best podcast ever in the history of the world. Oh, the best ever. Thank you all for listening. Um, If you want to send in a question, it's joshuaquestions at gmail.com. The friends of Joshua Facebook group, check that out, join it. We'll let you in. It's a lot of fun. A lot of stuff's going on there. We have a boot camp starting on July 8th, if you want to learn more about that. And uh, Laurel's message on Facebook. And, and Laurel, is that a group? No, it's a page. It's just a page. Okay. It's Laurel's an open page, public yeah. page. So check out Laurel's message, and there you post, what, one or two answers a day? I usually just one, sometimes more, but usually, yeah. usually just one. Yeah, they're great. I, I uh, um, share a lot of those too. Yeah. Whenever I think they're good. No, just kidding. <laughs> I they're always they're good. good. <laughs> what are you talking about? If they're too good, if you can't understand it because your vibration isn't high enough. That's right. 
that's not Laurel's fault. That's that's on you. Also, do us a favor and follow this or like this podcast, whatever you're you're doing on, because we want numbers. We're really in both Astrid and I are really into numbers. I'm I'm more over quality over quantity for me, please. <laughs> Maybe I need to follow this too. Oops. So wasn't this fun? Isn't this great? Isn't this great? It's so fun. Cool. Maybe I should start watching YouTube. And we will see you again in a week. We'll do another question. Woohoo. Woohoo. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being here, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.